The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently that we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat rocker. Good morning, America. Welcome, Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, libertarians, liberals, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTUV, WXYZ people, and anybody else I may have missed to the Sons of Liberty radio show here on Red State Talk Radio. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S.-occupied state of South Carolina. And for our Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warned you about. I hold to the book, the Bible, as the authoritative word of God. Glad that you guys have joined us here on Thursday morning. And uh, boy, I I'm excited about this morning. I, I got to tell you, most of the time, um, I determine what I'm going to talk about about 30 minutes before I get on the air. Uh, sometimes I plan ahead the night before. I'm thinking through things, but I really don't decide on something till 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 just before. But last night, I kind of had some of these ideas in my head, but I decided on it this morning, and I'm very excited to share that with you because I want it to be a message of hope and a message of encouragement in the midst of what's going on right now and what I believe is fixing to come down the line here. And uh, so stay with me because I think you're going to find some of the video that I give you uh, who are watching. And those of you listening to my radio, you'll be able to hear what's said. Uh, I think you'll find it to be very, very encouraging. And I'm going to contrast that with the PSYOP that the people in the cube movement are being given. Okay. I'm going to contrast that just so you understand the difference between the two, all right? If you want to check us out online, please do so. The video feed for the show is you can go to my Twitter account, FPPTim, FPPTim on Twitter, which is tied to my Periscope account, Setting Brush Fires. Check out our Facebook page at Bradley Dean SOL. Our YouTube channel is B Dean Sons of Liberty, BeforeIt'sNews.com, 6 a.m. Uh, Eastern Time every weekday, Monday through Friday, and 8 a.m. Eastern Time on Saturdays. And then Bradley's on in the afternoons, Monday through Saturday, 3 p.m. Eastern Time. You can catch him on BeforeIt'sNews.com. Also, DLive.TV. You guys have been joining us there in the chat. We appreciate you very much. Thank you so much for your support as well. And um, that you can find us there on DLive, The Sons of Liberty. If you're not over there and you're wanting to get away from the, you know, start moving away from the tyranny of YouTube and Facebook and all these, we're still going to use them because uh, I believe that's God's platform. Uh, Jesus is king over all things, and I'm not about to give it up to the devil just because he doesn't want me there. Uh, so we're going to continue to fight on those platforms, but we're moving to these other platforms too so that we can uh, take the fight everywhere we can go. And DLive is, is a place where uh, you know free speech is welcome, freedom of the press is welcome, and gamers, you're welcome over there too. Uh, in fact, that's mainly what it was started for, but a lot of YouTube people are going over there. Go over there and join us on DLive.tv, The Sons of Liberty, okay? You can also find us on Spreely, Gab, MeWe, Minds, 
and USA.life at Sons of Liberty or Sons of Liberty Media. 215-TOP-TALK is the number if you want to call in. 215-867-8255. Happy to have you. Um, the phone lines are up, and as far as I know, I got stuff fixed from the other day. Uh, somehow the adjustment was a little wrong there, and that's why we couldn't talk to Brian at the time. But if you want to call in, 215-TOP-TALK. You guys can see it in the bottom right portion of your screen if you're watching my video. And again, we appreciate all you guys in the chat room across the various platforms. Good morning to you guys. All right, let's get to this. That one of the most exciting things <laughs> that I have heard and seen in some time, I did a little short little thing on yesterday, and it comes from a sheriff down in Florida. Now, I've got a call into this sheriff. I, I called a little late last night, and he was probably, you know, off duty or whatever at the time, so he'll probably get the message today. We're going to see if we can bring him in. And this guy... He is a Clay County Sheriff, Daryl Daniels, right? Now, it's interesting to me because this guy comes out, and I'm telling you, you're going to think that you're about to have church when this guy speaks, okay? Um, I'm not going to make an issue of the color of his skin. He's just a man. He's a man made in the image of God. And this guy lays it out in dealing with the protesters, okay? Uh, the, the protesters. I, I should, let me change that because this was a point I was trying to make about distinguishing between uh, the issue of protesting, which is lawful, and rioting and looting, okay? So he's going to stand against the Antifa types, the Black Lives Matter, you know, paid provocateurs. We're not talking about people who actually believe in that there are people who believe black lives matter as well as white lives and everything else and they peacefully protest and demand justice okay we're not talking about those guys we're talking about the guys who come in as provocateurs and so with that i kind of wanted to start my way up um but i this is so good and so rich I want to play it first thing okay so here it is here is sheriff daniels out of clay county florida Hey folks, me and the men and women of the Clay County Sheriff's Office which just want to weigh in on what we're seeing going on played out across the media or mainstream media in this country. Look folks, don't fall victim to subjecting yourselves to this, this conversation that uh, law enforcement is bad, that law enforcement is the enemy of the citizens that we're sworn to protect and serve. We swore an oath and in that oath we swore to support, protect, and defend the Constitution of the United States and the government. And that we're duly qualified under the state's Constitution to hold office. That is, for me as a sheriff, and for these men and women as deputy sheriffs, and we end that with, so help me God. But God is absent from the media's message or Black Lives Matter or any other uh, group out there that's that's making themselves a spectacle, disrupting what we know to be our quality of life in this country. In Clay County, we have a great quality of life. We have a great relationship with our community. But across this country, not so much. I just wanted to take a stand with these men and with these women who feel the same way that I do. Lawlessness, that's unacceptable in this country. Lawlessness, that's unacceptable in Clay County. And if you threaten to come to Clay County, 
and think that for one second that we'll bend our backs for you, you're sadly mistaken. Amen. Come on, brother. I know what happens when lawlessness prevails. And in this day and time, God is raising up men and women, just like the folks you see standing behind me, who will have strong backbones and will stand in the gap between lawlessness and the good citizenry that we're sworn to protect and serve. Preach. So you can threat all you want. You can say, hey, let's go to Clay County or let's go to some other peaceful county where their problems don't exist or not so much like across this country where relationships are great and not strained and where the people support their sheriff and support the men and women who wear the uniform. And you'll have something waiting on you that you don't want. Yes, Come on. we'll protect your constitutional rights as long as you remain under the umbrella of peaceful protest or peaceful march. But the second that you step out from up under the protection of the Constitution, we'll be waiting on you. And we'll give you everything you want. All the publicity, all the pain, all the glamour and glory for all that five minutes will give you. Is it a threat? Absolutely not. But somebody has to step up in front of the camera and say, enough is enough. Tearing up Clay County, that's not going to be acceptable. And if we can't handle you, you know what I'll do? I'll exercise the power and authority as a sheriff, and I'll make special deputies of every lawful gun owner in this county. And I'll deputize them for this one purpose, to stand in the gap between lawlessness and civility. That's what we're sworn to do, and that's what we're going to do. You've been warned. Oh, I like that. I like that. Now, uh, that is uh, Sheriff Daniels out of Clay County. Um, you know, there, there is a comment in the uh, chat room that uh, he is swearing an oath to uh, government. Now, he didn't mention government, but you got to understand something. The government is the people. That's what he's identifying. When he says we swear an oath to the Constitution, he didn't say we're swearing an oath to just follow whoever's doing what. He's specifically laying out the difference between lawfulness and lawlessness. Okay? When you say you're swearing an oath to the government and you're making these kinds of claims here, you're distinguishing between submitting to tyranny, those above you who just give you whatever they want to give you, and tell you these things, and submitting to the, the, the people. There's a difference here between what's going on. Now, I hope this guy puts his money where his mouth is. We're trying to get him on the show. I'd love to ask him about some of this stuff and how it plays out. Because, yes, I agree. The, the police are, in essence, agents of the state, no matter where they're at, except within the sheriff's office. They're elected by you. They're elected by the people. Okay? They answer to you. Police departments don't really answer to you. They'll answer to a city council or county council or something like that. They don't answer directly to you. You can't vote them in or out. You can't pick the chief of police. That's what your representatives in a city or a county council do. But this guy is elected by the people of Clay County, just like my sheriff is of the people here. Okay, then uh, being pulled over, look, Eric, I get it. <laughs> I'm against the whole speeding, the whole uh, racketeering is what it is, to rob people of their money. Okay, I'm against all of that. Because speeding does not, say, not speeding does not save lives. Ask the cop who was going faster than you to catch you. 
is speeding saves lives. I mean, really, let's look at that logically. I think the Europeans have that right. I'm just going to tell you, I think they have it right. You know, the Autobahn is a great thing. But whether or not this guy does what he says, what he says is right. Now, we'll judge him based on whether or not he actually follows through with that, okay? But what he says is a good thing. He, he, he's saying he trusts gun owners in Clay County to come stand alongside him. This is the thing that I was talking about before. This is why we need the militia, the constitutional militia, a regulated militia. In fact, I'm going to be talking with somebody over the next few days about starting something here in South Carolina. We've got a representative down here, Josiah Magnuson, uh, who I respect tremendously. He's a lot younger than me, and wow, he's a great guy, really great representative. And I want to talk with him and some other guys here in the state about organizing something to where we can start pushing for a solution, not legislation following through on what the Constitution affords us, and that is a constitutional militia. I want a militia, a well-regulated militia here in the state of South Carolina, and it ain't the National Guard. I know that's in the statutes. I know Dr. Edwin Vieira pointed that out. I want the solution to be the people themselves. The people are to govern themselves. Go back to judges. Specifically, read Judges 19 and 20, and you'll see how the people govern themselves. And when there was lawlessness, we're talking about a bunch of sodomites who came after a man very much like they did in Genesis 19. They came after the man of God, the priest, and he did virtually the same thing Lot did, except he didn't give him his daughters, he gave him his concubine. They, they abused the concubine to the point that she died at the doorstep. The priest took her inside cut her body up into 12 pieces. Yeah, I know it's gross. But then he sent it out to the tribes of Israel. And you know what happened? They determined these people acted wickedly and they acted lawlessly. And they weren't asking for permission to perform the law of God and justice against such crimes. And they went up to the city and they said, you're going to turn over to these guys or we're going to kill every one of you. Because you're participating in their lawlessness. And you know what? In this country, we show more mercy to the criminal than we do to the victim or their families. What's up with that, America? At the Sons of Liberty, we're for justice. We're for the law. Can there be mercy? Yeah, but that's outside of the law. And the Bible tells us over and over, for my Roman Catholic friends that we've been dealing with, Matthew, uh, who is in the chat this morning, Your works only add up to debt you owe to God for violating his law. Paul makes that clear from Romans 1 through, I don't know, Romans 9 at least, 10, uh, furthering that out as to how you get mercy. It's through the preaching of the gospel. It is through faith in Jesus Christ, which is outside of law. Because law demands that you be punished. And God in his mercy has sent a person to receive the punishment for your violation of the law. That's what sin is. It's the, it's the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. If you want mercy, you can have it, but you better be repentant. You better be contrite. And that will help you in understanding the true gospel away from an antichrist gospel like the Roman Catholic Church preaches. I'm, I'm not going to get off on that subject. 
There is another one I want to give you. Then this happened at the end of May. Now, I'm not God. I can't know everything at all times. And you say, well, Tim, you should have your ear at this. If you knew all the stuff I had to keep up with. <laughs> see, some of you can scroll through and you can see all kinds of stuff and you can gain knowledge and you can know all this stuff. And it's great because some of you share stuff with me that I didn't know. And I'm very appreciative of that. Very appreciative. Uh, sometimes it gets overwhelming and I have to kind of put some of you off to the side because I got other things I have to do. It's not that you're that what you send me isn't important. It's very important because I wouldn't know otherwise. But there was a pastor. He's a Baptist pastor. No, look, just to show you how I am. I'm Presbyterian. Okay, I don't. I, I'm assuming this guy's probably Southern Baptist, which I really have a lot of problem with the theology there, the eschatology, and all the other stuff. Okay, but on this issue, this guy is smack on. All right, he is smack on. Let me let me lead up to this. He is a um, Baptist pastor. He's a pastor of four hundred member Calvary Baptist Church. You know, I in uh, Dundalk, I think. And at the end of May, he was having a Wednesday night service. His name is Stacy Shiflet, and he had people in the church there. He was given uh, an order by Maryland Governor Larry Hogan, who announced that houses of worship could reopen at 50% capacity. Um, Mr. Hogan took an oath to the Constitution, which recognizes the right to your religion, specifically the Christian religion. If you go back and read Joseph's story, or first uh, Supreme Court justice, one of our, our earliest ones, I think he was the youngest one. This guy wrote, and he talked about, the First Amendment was not to protect Islam, Mohammedism, that's how what he called it. It wasn't to protect any other religion other than the Christian religion. Why? Because the scripture was clear. Even though in the scripture you can find, if people did what they did in their house, that was one thing. If they thought a certain thing, that was one thing. Okay? But when they brought it out in the public, the fact that I go down to Florida... And I see mosques out there that would have never been tolerated in Israel except the corrupt Israel. And Josiah, the king there, the 12-year-old of all of that, had such wisdom that when he heard the law of God, he said, tear down the high places, the places of worship against anybody that was against Yahweh, the true God. Okay? And here's this guy, Stacy Shiflet, a Baptist pastor. Okay? He comes out, and they're going to have church. They're going to go over the 50% capacity. I'm not Bradley, Timothy. I'm, I'm Tim. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't mind buying the moniker that I'm a Calvinist, that I'm Reformed, for people who know what that is. But I'm biblical. That's the issue. I can take the moniker because I know what theology is actually tied to it, not the straw man there. God is in control. You people who say, well, God's in control. He appointed Donald Trump to office. You people are the same people who won't say that about the usurper of the office, Barack Hussein Obama, Satoru Sabarka. You won't say that. You'll say, pray for our president when it's Donald Trump, but you won't say that when it's Barack Obama, will you? See, I can say it in both because I believe in the sovereign God who puts men up for judgment. And guess what? Donald Trump is in office for the same reason as Barack Obama is, and that is to judge America. It is not to bless America. 
And I'm going to show you that in just a moment when I start talking about the Q stuff. All right? But I want to encourage you with men who are standing against tyranny. All right? And here's one of those guys. This is Stacy Shiflet. He got a letter saying, cease and desist having your time of worship with your people because you're over the 50-person capacity over the COVID-19 coronavirus hoax that we're putting out against you, the scamdemic, the lies. We kn- Look, if this was real, they wouldn't have to pad the numbers. Dr. Burks wouldn't have to come out in front of President Trump, who didn't call her out, who hasn't taken any measures against her, Dr. Fauci. Oh, well, they're investigating him. How many times do the people have to be investigated without any results before you people get it? Let me give you a recap before I play Pastor Shiflet here. How many times do you have to be reminded? Daryl Issa, what party is that guy in? Um, He isn't Democrat, is he? He's Republican. How many times do he hold up blank pieces of paper that Eric Holder didn't provide information to Congress Eric Holder was held in contempt of Congress. What happened with Eric Holder? Oh, well, he got a job out in California. He's speaking out against Donald Trump. It's WWE. That's what it is. It's not that he really means what he says. He's playing the game just like everybody else. Just so you know. Because if he's not, where is the resolve in bringing Eric Holder to justice over Fast and Furious? Huh? Where's In fact, where is justice in bringing anybody... In the ATF or the DOJ to justice over Fast and Furious. Most Americans have forgot about that. That is not even in their in their peripheral vision. Okay? It's just not there. You know, Jesus warned against the Pharisees. You would be wise to pay attention to justice and mercy. Instead, we're what we're here for, yeah, Timothy, get Get gone then, bruh. Because as Spurgeon, the Prince of Preachers, said, Calvinism is the gospel. You do not understand it. But let me put, I I don't want to get caught up in the labels. I don't mind uh, tagging the thing, and I can defend it against anybody. Timothy, if you want to call in, 215-TOP-TALK. If you want to come at me, come at me biblically, and we'll resolve this real quick, because I'll smack you down and call you to repentance with the Word of God, in context, like entire chapters, not a verse here and there, entire chapters. That's why I am what I am. That's why I hold to what I am. No, there's plenty of mercy, Timothy. You just don't understand it. There's total mercy in the Lord Jesus Christ. And this is the problem with modern Christianity. They want to give mercy to the criminals. They don't want to uphold the law of God which Paul says is not done away. We establish the law, but it's establishing the law. And justice is a mercy to everybody who's not violating the law. This is the problem that people have and what they're dealing with. This is why the modern church is an utter failure. They're sought to be trampled out under the foot of men. This is what Jesus said. Why? Because you've lost your saltiness. You have nothing that stings men. You have nothing that preserves men. You have nothing that, that, that points out their sin, their violations of law. And you people say, well, would you get off of the, the religious thing? This isn't just religion. Although I can tell you 
that, re, that politics and culture is your religion externalized. If you're a humanist, guess what you're going to get? You're going to get humanism, and that law is going to change day by day at the whim of people. Listen to the people talking to you about changing the issue. <sighs> oh, Lord, Timothy doesn't have a clue. He's bought a straw man. Timothy Warren, by the way, in case you want to address him in the chat room on Facebook. He doesn't have a clue. It's not obsessed by predestination. It's an obsession with the God who saves people. He saves sinners. That's what it's an obsession with, dude. You bought into a straw man. If you want to call me later on, I'll be glad to give you my number. You know where my Facebook page is. Hey, friend me, and we'll talk about that. But here's this pastor Look, I don't know what this guy believes about predestination or Calvinism or any of this stuff. He's Southern Baptist, so I don't know. My guess is he probably would be opposed to me theologically in a lot of areas. But you know what? I stand with this guy on what he said. He got a letter of cease and desist, $5,000 fine if he kept it up, and I want you to see what this pastor said. And you know what? I stand with this brother in Christ, Timothy. He is a brother in Christ, Though he may have errors in place, I have errors in place. I, I, it's like John MacArthur said one time, I have blind spots. I just don't know where they are. That's why they're called blind spots. And so God uses other people to help clear us up and where we're at. Here's this pastor, all right? Those of you watching, you'll see him tear up the letter of cease and desist. Those of you listening by Red State Talk Radio, you won't see this, but I want you to hear what he says because it's rich it's really rich here he comes so newsflash pharaoh doesn't get to dictate to god's people how they worship their god god's the one that defines the parameters god's the one that communicates his will and his plan for his church not egypt and i'm telling you right now with this cease and desist letter in my hand the bible says to the new testament church not forsaking the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is but so much the more as you see the day approaching. And the closer we get to Jesus coming back, the more church we ought to be having, not less church. Now that's God's parameters. So I'm tearing up this cease and desist order right here. And I'm telling you right now, we're going to do it God's way. We're going to do it God's way. God tells us how to worship him. Nobody else gets to do that. Amen. Amen. All right, so those of you who want to blast me for my theology, knock yourself out, okay? Knock yourself out. I can go to the Bible, I can stay right in the context, and I can pre- I can present exactly what the Bible says. But I'll tell you what, the one thing I haven't seen outside of that is anybody who can come and deal with the context in context without jumping 20 chapters ahead, jumping to another book or something else. So I hold my theology in a context, okay? In a context, God does not... Play Bible ping pong like cultists, like Jehovah's Witnesses, Mormons. I'm sorry if I offend you guys. I'm not trying to offend you guys. I'm just saying, look, when you play Bible ping pong with the Word of God, you are dishonoring God. You stay in the context and you point this out. This pastor, though I may disagree with him theologically, I probably do in many cases. This guy is saying what we at the Sons of Liberty say all the time. It's like, you know what, dude? 
I don't care what office you hold. If you're acting outside of the law, you are a lawless person. A lawless person. Now, what got this ball rolling? Because this, you know, this Baltimore pastor, this is, um, this is the end of May. This is a month ago. And I'm just getting a hold of it right now, okay? I'm just getting a hold of it right now. We got this Florida sheriff that I, I placed first and foremost here. This just happened yesterday, I think. It came on social media yesterday. What got the ball rolling with some of this? Well, we've had protests. We've had Michigan protests. We've got spineless, I'm going to call them what they are, spineless little wimpy GOP water carriers like Sean Hannity going out there and, and having a problem. I have a real problem with armed citizens going to the Capitol to protest the lawlessness of the governor there in Michigan. This is the kind of people, guys, some of you listen to on a daily basis. You watch these guys. Daily, you watch them. No wonder. I'll bet you spend more time listening to, and look, I like Tucker Carlson. I do. I have problems with some things that Tucker Carlson says, calling our representatives leaders. They're not leaders. They're representatives. Leaders require followers. Representatives require people that hold them accountable because we are the government. We are. You and me. Not them. We. I have a little problem with that. But most of you people out there listening to me spend more time in front of Fox News than you do in the Word of God. And you want to come in here and talk to me about my theology? Dude, you better get yourself straight. You better repent. You're listening to the propaganda coming out of Fox News, just like the other side is listening to the propaganda coming out of CNN, MSNBC, CBS, ABC, NBC, whatever the label is. You're listening to that same stuff. And you're eating on that garbage more than you are feeding on the Word of God. And Jesus said that it is the bread of life. He is the bread of life. What are you feeding on here, America? Conservatives, constitutionalists, self-professed Christians. What are you feeding on? Huh? Because I can tell you, whatever you're feeding on is what's strengthening you to stand for what you're standing for. And a lot of you are standing for as much lawlessness out of the quote-unquote Republican Party as you are as the liberals and the communists and the socialists and the Islamists and everybody else, whatever thing I name off here, LGBTQ. You know, the funny thing is I got, a, I got an article I'm going to be doing on something from the United Nations. It's not LGBTQ anymore. It's LGBTI. The inner... I, I got a put that in here somewhere, the, the lesbian, gay, sodomite, I don't call them gay. I just use the, the, the letter there. The lesbian, sodomite, what is it? Bisexual, transgender, I can't even keep up with all the stuff. Intersex, whatever that is. Whatever that stuff is. They've got a thing out now where they want to pr provide this special protection for less than 1% of us. You know what? Those less than 1% have a, have a protection just like the rest of us. They have a lawful protection just like the rest of us. What they want is special protection. Okay? Now let me tell you where this all started. This didn't start with the men. To our shame. To our shame. This started with the women. 
Here's a couple of articles that we did at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. Do you remember this lady? People have short memories, so I have to bring this up. Dallas salon owner, Shelly Luther. Remember her? She said, you know what? I'm done with this lockdown stuff. I've got to open my business. Why? Because I got a family to feed. Now, look, I am one who's clear on what the Bible says about women uh, in authority, in places of authority. But let me acknowledge something real clearly. Women were the ones who were faithful to the Lord Jesus. Whether it was Mary, his mother, at the cross, when all the others left except for John. Whether it's Mary Magdalene, who took and washed his feet with her tears, dried them with her with her hair, took perfume that cost probably a year's worth of wages, and anointed him with him for his burial, while people pointed the finger and said, Don't you know what that woman did? Yeah, she was a hooker. She was a prostitute. But you know what? She wasn't anymore. Why? She had been forgiven of her sins. She had been shown mercy. Take that, Timothy. She had been shown mercy by the Lord Jesus. Why? She had repented. God had forgiven her of her sins. He had forgiven her of her sins. And she showed it in great gratitude by doing what she did. And by the way, The first people who were told about the resurrection, except for the disciples who didn't understand it as Jesus was going to Jerusalem and telling them, hey, they're going to flog me, they're going to kill me, they're going to put me, but the third day I'm going to rise again. They didn't believe that. They didn't understand that. And yet the women, what, what does Mary do? She comes there trying to do this. And here's the problem. Timothy, you haven't upset me. Just speaking to Timothy. You haven't upset me. I don't say that you're not a brother, but you say I'm out of here. So you're counting me as not a brother. I don't understand that. I'm out for sure now. (laughs) Okay. You know what? I'm not going to let people come into the chat room and say things who are ignorant of what I actually believe and and, and ignorant of the scriptures. Again, Timothy, the number 215 Top Talk. Call in. I'll give you, everybody will tell you, I'll give you your place to speak. We'll have a conversation. I think it would be actually good for a radio audience to hear this. But if you're going to run away, bro, Jude says you defend earnestly for the faith. I'm happy to take on some of this because it applies right here. God is sovereign. Even in this troublesome time, God is sovereign. You know why? Because God brings judgment on rebellious people. Let me give you a few instances. Uh, let, me, let me make one instance of something else here. It wasn't just Shelley Luther. You remember Lindsey Graham, not my senator, who's a corrupt politician, that South Carolina seems to have not learned their lesson in I don't know how many years, how many decades. They continue to want to push this guy. Okay, I think he's a sodomite. I think people, sodomite escorts have come out and said he's hired them. Okay? And so... I don't understand why they're doing that. Yeah, I have challenged you, Timothy. If you want to call in, 215-TOP-TALK. I'll let you have your, your say. If we have to go long in the show, that's fine. You're welcome to come on. I'll treat you as a brother. I will. 
Maybe you think Calvinists or Reformed people don't think of Baptists as their brothers. I ain't one of them. I know that we're all at different degrees of our sanctification and where God leads us. And some people are probably tuning out, talking about religion. Folks, again, what you believe, which is religion, whatever you believe, whatever your quote-unquote faith is, is externalized in your politics and in your culture. It is. Every culture, every society is based on a theocracy. I want you to stop and think about that. No, it's not, Tim. You, you just you want to put your religion... Well, let, me, let me make the point. What's communism based on? I can tell you what it's based on. Communism is basically based on Satanism. It is based on evolution. It is a worldview that is based on. What is it, what is, what are the, uh, the, the countries that hold up Islam based on? Sharia law. Sharia law is based on Islam. That's based on a belief system. What about when you get into Japan, Shintoism, and things of this nature? Which, by the way, General MacArthur, who was calling for Roman Catholic missionaries, shame on him for doing that, but at least he had the right concept that missionaries need to go in and they need to transform the culture with the message, with a message. Now, I'm glad that Roman Catholics didn't go to that, but Protestants should have. They should have went with the true message of the gospel. Instead, we have a Shintoist Japan rather than a Christian Japan. We dropped the ball on that. That's our fault. we got to answer to God for that. Our parents have to answer for it. I, mean, I wasn't around then. But we have our own problems in today. We won't bring the solution of the Word of God to our political scheme. We won't do it. We'll talk about God. Oh, we'll throw God in there. We'll throw Jesus in there. In God we trust. Which God? The God on the back of the dollar bill? Hmm? That's the uh, Freemasonry God, by the way. In God we trust. When you hear that, look to the dollar bill and you tell me where God is symbolized at all. In fact, God tells us not to symbolize him. It is part of the Ten Commandments. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make a carved image of any likeness of anything that is in heaven and earth, that is in the earth, that is in the waters under the earth, nor shall you bow down or serve them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquities of the children are visiting the iniquities of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing mercy. Hello, Timothy. Showing mercy to thousands of those who love me and what? Keep my commandments. That's the second commandment. You've been taught it's don't make any carved images. Don't make any graven images. That's all you, you've been taught the rest of it. That's the whole commandment there. These things matter, guys. They matter. Let me give you another lady who started this off. It wasn't just Shirley Luther. It was Lindsey Graham. I, as I said before, I got off side there because, guys, I'm sorry. I read the comments in, in the chat room over all the platforms. And so I want to bring some of this out. Lindsey Graham, lady out in California, was going to be fined $14,000 for opening her business. Because it was deemed non-essential. That's Nazi terminology, by the way. 
It's non-essential. Let me tell you something. Every business that exists, every business that exists, oh, Lord, Timothy, quit buying into this straw man, bro. 215 Top Talk. Quit typing in the thing and call me up, bro. I'll give you your time. I'll be friendly with you. I'll be cordial with you. We'll have a dialogue so people can see who's telling the truth and who isn't. You're believing a lie, and you need to be corrected in your error. That's all I'm going to say. Lindsey Graham opened up her salon with people who weren't employees. They were contractors, and the state wanted to— No, she wasn't in, she wasn't in California. Wasn't she in Oregon? I'm, I'm drawing a blank here. I was trying to pull her up earlier. I think she was in Oregon. She opened up her, her business. They wanted to find her $14,000. These are women who are leading the men. Women who are leading the men. And just so you know, I've got a list of, you know, when we started out, we started with uh, the, the Clay County Sheriff there, Mr. Daniels. And I appreciate what he had to say. I know some people may disagree over the issue of police and this. I, I get it. I get it. I, I'm not at loggerheads with you. I get what you're coming from. Okay, I do. I really do. And I don't think we're off base that, that far from one another. I just think it's an issue of we hear certain words and we're triggered by them to see certain things. And until somebody proves something different, I'm going to be like, okay, what you said, I'm going to hold you to it. Now, let me address something here before I, I give you this, because I want to get into the past. I want to get into why these people, whether they're men or women, why they're taking the stand they're taking. There is a line that's laid before them that comes from our forefathers. And the Bible teaches us that we're to teach our children how God has worked in, in our history and in the past. So they don't forget him. This is Deuteronomy 6. This is part of education, home education. This is what we promote here. I don't promote any form of public education at all unless, unless it is local families coming together to hire a teacher to which that teacher is accountable to them, not the state, not anybody else. And they want to pay for that. And they're not willing to make everybody else pay for it to teach their kids, I don't know, math, English, German, French, Latin, whatever whatever thing you want to teach them that maybe you're not capable of or you don't think you're capable of, you're wanting to bring that in and you're wanting to control that environment so that you as a parent know exactly what your kids are being taught. Not some LGBTQ, RSTV, WXYZ stuff, not some kind of perversion, not any of this other stuff. Okay? Not any of that stuff. Timothy, the number is there. Quit talking in chat. Man up and call in. I mean, if you're a man, call in. I'll take your call. This is the way it always is. It happens on Bradley's show. People are big and bad on their keyboard as a keyboard warrior, but when it comes to calling in, they won't call in and talk about things. All right, so here's this thing where these women are doing this. Here's this thing now where the men are starting to stand up. Thank God they're standing up. Bravo to you guys. You're learning from our forefathers. There has to be a stand against tyranny. Okay? There has to be a stand against tyranny. Did this happen in our history? Yeah. I mean, I can go all the way back. Let me take you back into the Old Testament. 
And we'll move forward in the New Testament and we'll move forward to just before our time here today because there's a lot to see here. And you guys remember a guy by the name of Daniel? These are some of the most prominent um, stands against tyranny that I can think of. Okay? Daniel, in Daniel chapter 1, we're told, remember, he's a teenager. And you remember Shadrach, Meshach, and as Bradley says, a bad Negro, which I don't know if we want to make that an issue today, but Abednego, okay? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, along with Daniel, were taken captive into Babylon. And God said that Nebuchadnezzar and his armies were his armies. Go back and read that. They were his armies. Why? To bring judgment against the disobedient people, Israel. Okay? And they were taken into captivity. These were teenagers' guys. These were teenager guys. They had the names of Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. You know Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah as uh, the other guys. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, right? And it says that right here in the text, that this is what they were to do. So, what happened was, if we read in verse 4, of chapter 1 of Daniel. Children in whom was no blemish, but well-favored, and skillful in all wisdom, and cunning in knowledge, and understanding science, and such as had ability in them to stand in the king's palace, and whom they might teach the learning and the tongue of the Chaldeans, and the king appointed them a daily provision of the king's meat, and of the wine which he drank, so nourishing them three years, that at the end thereof they might stand before the king. Because he wanted to see, okay, what kind of guys have I produced here? I've been giving them the chow hall, and I'm going to give them my king, the king's meat. I'm going to give them wine to drink. I'm going to see what they look like. Are they some fit guys? Are they some strong guys? Are they intellectual? Are they thinking for themselves? Are they, are they, are they robust young men? Is this what they are? And among them were Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Now, verse 8 tells us this. But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore, he requested the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. Now, what is he doing? The only thing I can think here is that the king was was demanding that Daniel and his friends eat meat that God had forbidden. That's the only thing I can think of. Now, God didn't forbid wine. Okay, he didn't forbid that. But Daniel said, I'm not going to defile myself with these things. And so what did he do? He wasn't rebellious, but rather he relied on the providence of God. I know Timothy doesn't like to hear that said. The providence of God. Verse 9 says, Now God brought Daniel into favor and tender love with the prince of the eunuchs. That's the guy who was over them. And the prince of the eunuchs said unto Daniel, I feel my lord the king. Now see, see the difference here? Daniel is strong in fearing God. I don't want to offend God. Okay? The guy who was over him feared the king who was under God. <laughs> 
He said, who hath appointed your meat and your drink? For why should he see your faces worse liking than the children which are of your sort? Then shall ye make me endanger my head to the king. So Daniel said to Melzer, who was the prince of the eunuchs, had said over him, um, excuse me, had set over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, prove thy servants. Let's put it to a test. I mean, it's, he's going to say, 10 days, right? Prove thy servants, I beseech thee, 10 days, and let them give us pulse to eat and water to drink. Then let our countenance be looked upon. 10 days, what's 10 days in three years? It's nothing. See if there's a difference. Let our countenances be looked, and if you want to know the difference here, this is why we bring Kate Shimarani on on Saturdays, the issue of our health. Is there, can there be a difference in 10 days? I believe there can be. Let our countenances, this is what Daniel says, be looked upon before thee and the countenance of the children that eat the portion of the king's meat. And as thou seest, deal with thy servants. So he consented to them in the matter and proved them 10 days. And at the end of 10 days, their countenance appeared fairer and and fatter in flesh than all the children which did eat the portion of the king. That means they looked robust. They were buff, if you will. Okay, that's the vernacular. They were buff guys. There were some little wimpy guys. They were buff guys. Verse 16 of Daniel chapter 1 says, Thus Melzar took away the... He was so convinced. He was no longer fearful. He took away the portion of their meat and the wine that they should drink and gave them pulse. And as for these four children, God blessed them, didn't he? He gave them knowledge and skill and all learning and wisdom. And Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams, which would later be used in the king's court. Again, Timothy, the number, 215-867-8255. Top talk, call. Quit your keyboard worrying and call in. We'll hold over the show for you. This is chapter 1. Now, if we move over to Daniel chapter 3, we find another stand here. And I'm going to move this up. I may hold over the show just a few minutes long because I'm dealing with people in the chat room. Uh, yeah, Timothy's been saying bye for, I don't know, 45 minutes now. Um, but in any way, he's been given the opportunity. He just won't step up to the plate. I don't. I would be fair with him. All of you know I'd be fair with him. You've heard me on the line with pagans and other people. We have a dialogue. That's fine. Because I think this is helpful not only to the people of God. I think it... I'm not angry, Timothy. Why are you so cowardice that you will not call in? Huh? The Bible tells us that cowards are the first in line for the lake of fire. I'm not saying you're going there. I consider you a brother that you're holding to the gospel. But the fact of the matter is you can call in and you and I will have a dialogue. It'll be cordial. And I think it'll be beneficial to the people of God as well as the radio audience who wants to hear it. Happy to do that. I really am. I'm happy to do that. Let me close out this part. If we get Timothy on the line, if he wants to call in, look, Tim, hey, call in, bro. You and I probably will become good friends after this. I hope. That's my hope. Even if we disagree. Because I understand where I was. And I understand where God has brought me. And you know what? I didn't get here on my own. 
I didn't come across this because I read a bunch of Calvinistic literature or this. I read the Bible and I disagreed with my Baptist friends at the time as a young Christian. And I kept going back to the scripture and I said, but the scripture says this. And they would jump 10 chapters in front of that and say, well, but this is, I said, but that isn't, those people wouldn't even have known that. I hold to what I hold to because of the context of scripture, period. That's it. And if you can convince me out of the context of scripture, I'm willing to repent openly and say so. I really am. I really am. I want to give this before we close out the show. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I'm not going to read the the passage. You guys who are listening, Daniel chapter 3. This is where this is. Now, the king, Nebuchadnezzar, had a vision. And he had a vision of of an image. Uh, Let me address Tim. I would like you to leave. Tim, you're the one saying you're leaving. I never told you. I said, call in. I'm not inviting you to leave. I said, call in. Be a man. Quit being a coward. Call in. You're running out of time to call in because after the end of the show, I can't take your call. But you're being a coward. Quit being a coward and be a man. Stand up for what you believe in. You can come right on live on the air and you can talk to everybody exactly what you think. But let me address this. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are called to bow down before the golden idol, which in Nebuchadnezzar's dream, what did he have? Well, he had an image of gold and silver and bronze and uh, clay mixed with iron, or iron and then clay mixed with iron in the feet. And Nebuchadnezzar said, no, 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 uh, I'm going to make it everything gold and everybody's going to bow down to me. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego wouldn't bow down. And they were willing to go into a fiery furnace to not bow down to the tyranny. And God delivered them through the fiery furnace. He delivered them through the fiery furnace. They stood against tyranny, folks. Daniel stood against tyranny. I could go back. I had a long list of things. In fact, let me just tell you. I'm just going to hang over a little bit. It's a monologue. I usually don't do that on a monologue. Yes, I did call you a coward, Timothy, because you won't call in. (laughs) Call in, bro. You and I will have a conversation. I'll be friendly to you. But I'm going to call you a coward because you won't call in. So if people don't like that, tough noogies, I'm calling you out. But you won't call in now, and we're out of time for you to call in. But I'm going to hang over a little bit because I'm going to address some of this issue here. Okay? 23 hours. If you guys want to join us, we'll uh, we'll be back in 23 hours, Lord willing. And if you guys want to join us on YouTube, if you're interested in what I have to say here, You can do so on YouTube, Facebook. Until then, see ya. All right, we're back here. Now, Timothy, I don't have time to deal with you anymore because I have to cut off the the phone line here. Um, And I'm not picking on you. I'm really not. Uh, But the issue is you've been... I don't sound very loving. Well, you don't sound very loving. It's not about what we sound. It's about the truth. Um... Again, anybody in the chat room will tell you, I've taken um, pagans on. I've been very kind to them. If they try to talk over me, though, I'm going to cut them off. We'll have a back and forth. I don't mind doing it. I'm not scared of it. You know why? Because I know what Scripture says in context. And where I don't, I will say, I don't know. And I'll have to look at that, and I'll get back to you. I'm happy to do that with you. You know why? 
because I know there are people, brothers in the Lord, that I had long conversations with who didn't believe as I do. And I had conversations with them across the table at a Denny's. I remember one brother, he was a pastor. I had conversations with him back and forth across the table. He was working for UPS. He was going to um, one of the seminaries up here in North Carolina. Uh, I can't think of the name of it. It isn't Southern Seminary. I forget what the thing is. Anyway, it's up here in North Carolina. They're very dispensational. They're not Calvinistic by any stretch of the imagination. And he and I would meet. We were friends. We were friends long before meeting up there. He was at my dad's church. He had went up there to, be, to study to be a pastor. He is a pastor today. Great man of God. I love him very much. I loved him then. I wasn't angry with him. And we talked about this issue of God's sovereignty. Because, guys, this is the issue here. You people coming out saying, Apparently, Timothy doesn't understand. I said, I think you're a brother. (laughs) I just think you're in error. See, this is the problem with folks like Timothy is they won't, they they won't listen. They won't listen to what's said. They, they take offense at everything and they don't see what scripture says. But let me make the point. Back to what we're saying. In God's providence, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were the guys who didn't bow down. God delivered them from the furnace, even in the face of the tyrant, the king. And they didn't know what God's providence was. They simply said this. God is able to deliver us, but if he won't deliver us, we'll still be delivered. But we're not going to obey you, king. That's what this show is about. We're not going to obey the tyrant. We're going to obey the king of kings and the Lord of lords, the Lord Jesus Christ. He's king over everything, including Facebook, YouTube, Twitter. That's right. All you guys, Zuckerberg, and uh, what's the guy's name over there at Twitter? I just had it on the tip of my tongue. That guy and Google who got the, the taxpayer's money through the CIA. All of you guys are in submission to Jesus Christ. And either you're going to submit to him through the gospel or he's going to destroy you, one or the other. Uh, Timothy, can you say means for evangelism? Means? God uses means. He doesn't say, I'm just going to zap people and, and save them. He says in Romans chapter 10, he talks about how can people believe unless a preacher is sent? So there is your answer. I can answer it. You just wouldn't call in because you're not a man. You're a coward. You want to play a keyboard warrior. It, it requires a preacher of the gospel. I don't know who the elect are. I don't know who's been predestinated to life. And so, you know what? The command to me is the same as it is to you, Timothy, and that is to preach the gospel to every creature. So there's your answer. Tomorrow you can call in. Maybe we'll have a show on this. Huh. Wonder how many people I can tick off with the show on predestination and what scripture says about that and the sovereignty of God and the fact that clay pots talk back to the creator and say, how dare you make me like this and not show me any mercy, even though I'm sinful and rebellious against you and your law. How dare you do that? That's what Timothy's doing. That's what his error leads to. And again, I'm not angry, but that's the way you present it. How do you know it's you then? Well, Timothy, 
the scripture speaks to men. <laughs> it speaks to men. And it gives them the command. Now, let me give you one last thing. Because Timothy's really kind of getting me off the subject here, even though I don't mind addressing it. Yeah, you do. You do it, Timothy. And everybody sees it in the chat room. You're the one, the emperor wearing no clothes, okay? You're standing there naked. Uh, and everybody sees what you're doing. Here's the thing. Our forefathers also did this. This wasn't just something that happened in biblical times. This is something that happened in our history, United States. Do you remember I talked to you about Thomas Gage, the, the governor of Massachusetts? Here's, here's what happened. I'll show you from an article that I wrote years ago. In Massachusetts, the royal governor, General Thomas Gage, forbid town meetings from taking place more than once a year. So when an illegal meeting was taking place in Salem, he sent in the British redcoats to break it up. Now, did the people submit to that? Heck no, they didn't. They, they didn't say that. They didn't submit to that at all. He sent in the British redcoats, these are the dragoon, dragoons, if you will, to break it up. They were met with 3,000 armed Americans, and they retreated. Imagine. I, just let me ask you something. Imagine Antifa and Black Lives Matter being met with 3,000 armed men in your community. Imagine that, just for a moment. Imagine it. Imagine all you guys out there who are wanting a militia, who are wanting to stand against the enemies of the United States, the enemies of the cross. And I'm not, I'm not trying to, to make America um, somehow parallel with the kingdom of heaven. I'm not doing that. The kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, is worldwide. It doesn't just, America doesn't have some kind of stamp on that. It's worldwide. Jesus is king of the world. He's bringing all of his enemies under submission to him. I have a very optimistic outlook, even though for America, it might be very pessimistic. I'm just going to tell you. You can't slaughter 60 million of your own people, quote unquote, legally, not lawfully, but legally. That's the word that, that's the word play you got to look at here and not expect the judgment of God. We're going to get it. We're going to get it. And I fear that it may be very soon. And when I say fear, I fear for those who haven't been a part of it. The younger generation, our children, and their children. But in any case, here's Thomas Gage, sends out these British redcoats, 3,000 armed Americans, and they retreated. Interestingly enough, Gage's aide, John Andrews, said that anyone in the area that was 16 years or older owned a firearm and had gunpowder. If you were wondering, yes, this is where the issue of the First Amendment came from and where town hall meetings originated from. They rejected what the governor was presenting. And it went on down the line. You know, they were housing the troops in their homes. They were basically stealing the people's homes. That's a violation of God's law. You know, it's funny to me when you talk to people, like we're talking with Timothy, 
And they say, oh, you don't know anything about mercy. These are the same people that don't want to enforce the law. Or they do, but they want to do it very fleshly. Uh, Timothy, I don't write you off. I told you to call in. I consider you a brother until you show otherwise. I, I do. I really do. And I'm not angry with you. I'm not, I, I do love you. This is why I said call in. Let us reason together is what the scripture says, right? How can brothers sharpen one another if we don't talk to one another? If I'm getting text here and you can't hear, you can, well, you can obviously hear my, my voice inflection, but I can't hear yours. And you're taking everything I say as some kind of attack on you. Look, I'm standing for scripture. I will walk through you verse by verse with you, verse by verse through scripture, and I'll say, What is it saying there? Not what does it mean to you? What is it saying? And we'll walk through it hand in hand. And if you are not willing to walk through that in the context, I, the only thing I can do is say, You need to repent because here's what scripture says. And you know what? If you point something out to me and I'm not consistent in that, then you need to say to me, Tim, you need to repent. Seriously, that's what needs to happen. But the only reason I believe what I believe, the only reason I present the worldview that I do is because I'm convinced from Scripture in context, not Bible ping pong, not jumping from verse to verse to string out a long theology or eschatology or any of that stuff. I reject all of that kind of stuff. And I think our forefathers did too. You know why? Because they had great men like George Whitfield who believed like I did, Timothy. They had great men in the past, in the 19th century, like Charles Spurgeon, who believed like I did. Even people who aren't Calvinists think of him as the prince of preachers. They had great adoration for somebody like John Calvin, who put the notes in the Geneva Bible that were instructing those who came, the pilgrims, to America, whom you detest you detest their doctrines, and yet they're the ones who established you. They're the ones who established the foundation here based upon the Word of God and the Lord Jesus Christ, of whom there is no other cornerstone. He is the cornerstone. This is your history, man. Uh, so here's the thing. Here's where we're at. Phone line will be open to you in the morning. Lord willing, if I'm still here, if God gives me another day. I'm at his mercy for that, by the way. I don't determine my own fate. God has determined it beforehand. Trust me, I didn't go looking for God. God came looking for me. I was a rebellious sinner. I still have much that's very sinful within me and that needs to be cleared up. And that needs to be cleaned up. And that needs to be made to honor God. And God says that he's conforming me to the image of his son, the Lord Jesus. Romans 8, 28 and following. And all things, whether I consider them good or not, are good for those who love him, are called according to his purpose. And then the golden chain of redemption follows after that. Yeah, you know, you've been indoctrinated too much, Timothy. You really have. Uh, and John Luther is not his name. It's Martin Luther, by the way. And Martin Luther would have stood against the Holocaust in the 1940s, by the way. Just so you know. You don't know what you're talking about. 
Quit listening to the indoctrination you're being given. Apparently, you're, give, you're being given that by a hireling in the pulpit. And this is part of our problem. This is why I played this Baltimore pastor. My goodness, man, can you not see what I'm saying? This guy is a Baptist pastor. He doesn't even claim to be Reformed Baptist. He's probably Southern Baptist, which is, they have really bad theology. I was a Southern Baptist. I was ordained in the Southern Baptist church. But you know, I don't think those people are not my brothers. I just think there's an error there that needs to be corrected. It's a very serious error. And if you listen to our show the other week from with Chuck Baldwin on the issue of the modern state of Israel, you'll understand how serious that error is in impacting not only our theology, but impacting our, our domestic policies, our politics, and our foreign policies. You see, all of religion, whatever you believe, that's what it is. Whatever you believe about the world, whatever your worldview is, impacts your life and the culture and those around you. It impacts them. Let me close with this. I spoke about Daniel. I spoke about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I spoke about our forefathers. I talked about these women here recently. I talked about these men, this pastor and this sheriff, and things are saying. This was all the way through Old Testament Scripture. All of the prophets were speaking a political message. Everybody wants to say it's spiritual. Well, yeah, it was. There, there was a spiritual issue behind it. But the issue he was addressing was, you've left the law. You've departed from the law. And in doing so, you've departed wickedly from your God. And so therefore, you're being judged or you're going to be judged. This is what the prophet said. Then you get somebody like John the Baptist. Goes before a king. What's he telling him? He's telling the king very simply this. He's saying, look, it is unlawful for you to have your brother Philip's wife while he's alive. Now, (laughs) you say, well, what is he doing bringing religion into politics? He wasn't. He was bringing the law. And he preached it over and over and over. And you know what happened? He lost his head for that message. Now, let me ask you something very personal. Are you willing to lose your head for standing for what is right under the law of God? I ask that of myself all the time. I don't think I'm very um, filled with testosterone. I'm not. Within me, I can't say anything than what I know. Whether I meet the standard or not, the standard is still there. Where I fail in meeting the standard, it's why I have the blood of Jesus. It's not an excuse for it. It's just saying, if I'm not saved, it isn't because of my works. It isn't because of my faith. It isn't because of something I decided to do. It's because of the work of Christ. Period. I don't add anything to it. My choice, my abilities, my wants, my any of that. I, 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 the scripture shoots all of that stuff down and it says, and this is part of the picture that we have in Ezekiel. When Ezekiel comes to the valley of dry bones, what happens? God says, hey man, can these dry bones live? And he goes, I don't know. I don't know if they can or not. And he goes, well, prophesy to them. That means preach to them. 
come on, brother, let's have church with some dead bones. And Ezekiel begins to preach, and the Bible says that there's a wind that comes through. And if, you, if you're careful in your uh, exegesis of John chapter 3, Jesus talks about the Holy Spirit working as a wind to bring about the new birth. It isn't because somebody, I mean, read John chapter 1. It isn't because somebody wills. It isn't because of the blood they're born under. It isn't because of any of that stuff. It's because of God who saves. And if you're still talking out of your mouth about your choices, about your will, and all of this stuff, you are in direct contradiction to what John says in John chapter 1. You're in direct contradiction to it. And Paul in the book of Romans. It is God who saves. And so when Ezekiel begins to preach, the wind comes, and what happens? Those dry bones stand up. They get muscle and sinew and flesh on them. And he says it's the whole house of Israel. He doesn't mean the nation state of Israel. He means the assembly of the people of God who are the believers in the Lord Jesus Christ whom he's promised from Genesis chapter 3 all the way to where Jesus comes and Jesus performs what he's supposed to do in his perfect life and his death, his burial, resurrection, his ascension, and his coming again. And folks, I'm telling you right now, I'm telling you right now, that is the true gospel. That is the true gospel. It has nothing to do with you. Whatever you do in this life, if you're repentant, guess what? It's the result of God working in you, not you working in yourself. Because if you're left to yourself, guess what you're going to be? You're going to be a savage, a rebellious knucklehead against God. That's what you're going to be. Always. That's always the way it is. It's always that way through Scripture. And even among God's people, when they become a little bit knuckleheaded and they want to sin, what does God do? Well, he chastises them. Why? Because he hates them? No, because he loves them. That's what Hebrews tells us. Yeah, I'm getting a little preachy at the end. But let me tell you something. It wasn't just with John the Baptist or the prophets. The Lord Jesus came in and he did the same thing. And he addressed the, the, the religious leaders. Let me give you for instance. I'm going long because I, I want to take a nap, okay? But I think it's important to point out. People will say, oh, Jesus did away with the death penalty. No, he didn't. Jesus addressed the religious leaders, and he says, well, you know that the law demands the death penalty for the, the man who won't honor his mother and father. And he was talking to them about not caring for their elderly parents. They were saying, oh, that money's put away for God. He says, you know, the one who dishonors his mother and father should be put to death. He didn't do away with that. Why? Because he gave the law. If he was doing away with any part of the law in his earthly ministry, then he wasn't the spotless lamb that we're told that he is in Scripture. He was defiling the law of God or doing away with it, and he said, I'm not doing that. I came to fulfill the law. I didn't come to get away a jot or a tittle of it. And then when he stood before the woman, whom most of the texts tell us that that passage about the adulterous woman isn't even in the originals, but let's just say it was. Jesus then points to the guys and he's writing in the sand. We don't know what he wrote in the sand, but we know this. We know he had the law of Deuteronomy 22 in mind because they said they caught this woman in the very act. And what did they do? They didn't bring the guy with her, did they? They brought just the woman and they were trying to trap him while, for the vernacular, getting off on the fact that they were going to stone a woman. That's what really gave them the surge. 
is this exercise of power and superiority. And Jesus just like, whoever doesn't have any sand, cast for stone. Because in order to have the rock party, okay, that's what I call it. In order to exercise justice, you had to not be guilty of the sin or the violation of law with which you were charging or testifying against another person. Okay? (laughs) Uh, Lydia making it all about skin color. Well, dear, I got to tell you something. God made us all in his image, white, black, yellow, red. I bet you sing Jesus loves me, don't you? They're precious in his sight. I agree with you that there's a lot of pastors, whether they're white or black. I've seen a lot of them on TBN, both colors, who teach error. I'll agree with you. There's a lot of people who do that. But the fact of the matter is you always hold it up to Scripture. Look, if I say something that's out of line with the context of Scripture, call me on it. Call me. The phone number's up there. You can do that. You can't do it right now because we're off the air, and if I'm on the air, then it's going to go out over the radio, so we don't want to do that. But tomorrow's phone line, the phone line will be open, Lord willing, if I'm here. Jesus said that. Let me end with one last thing. You remember John and Paul, they were preaching the gospel, okay? And those in who were religious leaders, who were also the political leaders of the day, the Sanhedrin, made up of Pharisees and Sadducees. Trendy Broadcasting uh, Network, James. That's who it is. The False Teaching Network is largely what it is. I mean, just telling you. It's the False Teaching Network. It's the fake Christianity. It's uh, health and wellness and, you know, send me your money and I'll give you a sweaty rag off my neck or something like that kind of stuff. I haven't watched them in decades. But Paul and John were preaching the true gospel. And people were submitting to that. They were repenting. They were being baptized. They were becoming Christians. God had changed their hearts. He had taken out of them a heart of stone. He gave them a heart of flesh. And they were told, don't preach again in this man's name. And what did Paul and John say? You guys got to determine that for yourself, uh, but as for us, it's better that we obey God than man. Now, I want to ask you something. I know I've been interrupted in a lot of this stuff, okay? Thank you, Eric. Appreciate that, man. And and all of you in there, thank you for that. He, even Timothy. I, look, Timothy, I appreciate the challenge. I just wish you would call in and we'd have a conversation. I, I really do. Um, because I don't hate you. I'm not angry at you. Just because I may speak loud or passionately doesn't mean I'm angry at you. It really doesn't. Um, and we had a lot of interruptions in that, and I do apologize for that. But I, I feel the need to to address people um, in this manner. The question is this. If you're listening, if you're among the couple hundred people who are watching right now, what are you standing on? Are you standing at all? Are you a keyboard warrior? That communicates his will and his plan for his church, not Egypt. And I'm telling (laughs) you. I like that guy. I really do. And look, he he probably differs with me in theology. He probably does. I don't know that for sure, but he probably does. 
But I like, I like what he had to say there. Good for him. Where are you standing? Are you standing where it's going to cost you something or you're a keyboard warrior and that's all you are? Or are you a man or a woman who's going to stand for the true and living God in the face of the tyrant when it may cost you your life, it may cost you your liberty, you may be targeted, you may be ridiculed, you may have lies told about you, like even some of those that are told in the chat room this morning about me and my theology. They're lies. They're not the truth. You may have people assume things about you. You may have people attack you. You may have people write all kinds of things about your website saying, oh, you're not telling the truth about this, that, and the other. When you've demonstrated, even in the very articles they're pointing out, that they're lying through their teeth. It happened to the Lord Jesus. And Jesus said, if they did it to me, how much more those who are following me? I'm not anybody. I'm a redneck out here in rural South Carolina. I don't even know why you people tune in to me. I really don't. But you do. And I consider you friends, even if we disagree on things. Okay? But I hope at least the people I'm speaking to, the majority of you, we got the same daddy, right? I, I hope that, that we understand that. God is our father. And yeah, we got our quirks and our quims and everything else that's going on. We do. But you know what we got to do right now? We got to sort that stuff out. Okay? And we've got to make a stand. Because this isn't, again, about right and left. It isn't about Republican and Democrat. It isn't about, I don't know what the things are, the different paradigms that we're thrown at with labels. This is about whether you're going to advance the kingdom of God or whether you're going to stand against it. Pick a side, as Moses said. Who's on the Lord's side? You know what? I'll just say this. Timothy, I love you too, man. <laughs> love you too. I do. I don't want anybody to think that I don't. Because I know what it is to think like Timothy there on that, on that particular issue. You know, you're advancing the work of Christ. Great. We can work on the, the differences in understanding that here, I can't do it with Roman Catholics because, as Matthew will tell you, we've <laughs> we run into a brick wall with those guys. Even though I know some great Roman Catholics, and our Protestant forefathers were Roman Catholics, so I have no problem with Roman Catholics. I'm not angry at Roman Catholics. I'm not angry at Islamists. They've been taught a false doctrine. They need compassion to turn them away from that, and that comes through giving the gospel. I love Muslim people. Just so you know, I hate Islam with a passion, but I love Muslim people. I hate Buddhism. I hate Hinduism. I hate Shintoism. But I love the people who adhere to that enough to tell them, hey, let me correct you on that. Let me show you what the true God said. Just like Paul did when he went in the midst of the people who said, hey, I see you're very religious people. And you even went to the point of saying, hey, if we forgot any of you gods out there, we made this one for you guy, for, for this God here that we don't even know the name of and stuff. He had compassion upon the people to do that. I'd like to think that I, that's what I want to do. 
I want people to know the true and living God. I want them to know his son, the Lord Jesus. I want them to know what their creator went through and did in order to save them from their sin. And at the same time, I want to encourage those who have been. Let's not be wimpy, milk toast Christians anymore. Okay? Let's quit worrying about offending somebody. Let's quit worrying about whether or not the church approves. Let's quit worrying about whether or not the government approves. And let's stick to the Word of God. And where the church and the government both go off the rails, we call them to repentance according to the Word of God. That's our standard. That's the thing that's outside of you and me. And it doesn't change. Yeah, we have different translations, but they all come from Greek, Hebrew, and Aramaic. And that didn't change. It really didn't. Despite what people will tell you about different translations and all this other, the Bible still has the same message, doesn't it? Jesus is king. He is Lord. He lived perfectly before God. God said, listen to him. He is my son in whom I'm well pleased. And his death brought about the reconciliation of sinners with the Holy God. Now, if that's your message, despite the differences of theology that we have, and that you are saved by God's grace alone, through the faith that he gives you alone, in Christ alone, then you know what? You're my brother. And we can have differences of opinion, although we're going to go to the scripture to sort it out because that is our foundation, or it should be. If you're a scripture alone person, should be, that's where we go. And in doing that, we gain incredible encouragement to stand against the enemy. And the enemy is not necessarily Donald Trump. It's not your state governor. It's the prince and power of the air and his forces. That's who we stand against. Now, sometimes those guys are controlling people with faces that you know, people like I just mentioned. But this is what gives us our encouragement and our strength to stand fast, and to do as our forefather said, no king but King Jesus. Our appeal is to heaven, which is an appeal to the law. It's an appeal to the God of the law. And so with that said, um, I don't want to rattle on anymore. I appreciate you guys. Um, I really appreciate your, your, your um, support and your tuning in every morning. Gosh, you guys are great. You really encourage me. And I'm thankful very much for everything that you've uh, you've done. Some of you are supporting the Sons of Liberty, and I know it's tough. Some some of you, you know, you're out of work and things. And um, um, I always remind you know where you can do that. Support the Sons of Liberty. It doesn't come to me. It goes to to the ministry. And uh, Bradley's out, you know, constantly. They've got a, a big schedule being filled up to go out and to give this same message all across the country. You want to change. America, stop voting for your your political jersey. Stop doing that stuff and start supporting the message that actually turned the world upside down as Luke, the writer of Acts said. Start supporting that. Change the hearts of the people and you will change the culture. That was a Ron Paul slogan, by the way. You change that and the people will demand that the law be followed. All right? 
You guys have a great day. Thank you for joining me again. 23 hours, 23 and a half. <laughs> we'll be back with you. I don't know if we're going to have a guest then. I don't know if uh, Sheriff Daniels is going to join me for a little bit in the morning, but I know that we will have Naomi Israel back on. I'm going to do a pre-record interview with her this evening. She's got something coming up on July the 4th out there in San Diego. Uh, we had her on before. If you if you don't know where that is, go in there and do a search for Naomi Israel uh, or Soria. I believe it's S-O-R-I-A. That's how I had it tagged in the video. Go to our YouTube channel, put that in. You'll see the interview with her. And um, if you're out in the San Diego, or if you're out in California, you want to go support her for a freedom rally there, go and do that. She needs your support and uh, it'll be time well worth spent. All right. You guys have a great day. Talk to you in 23 and a half hours or 22 and a half hours. See ya.